Welcome to The Catalyst, where we explore creative ideas to spark innovation in an unhealthy healthcare system. I'm your host, Dr. Lara Salyer, a physician and mom of three who is reimagining the way I practice medicine after suffering and overcoming burnout. Join me as I teach you how to optimize flow and catalyze your own revolution in healing. Tune in for candid conversations with leading experts in conventional and holistic healthcare who dare to believe a better future is possible for all of us. Life is made of teeny catalytic moments of immense impact. When strung together, the transformation is magical. Join us and let's color outside the lines. Welcome to this episode of the Catalyst Podcast, Unplugged. Today, it's me, and we're going to talk about what I would have done if I could go back in time and do functional medicine in primary care. Listen, functional medicine is important medicine, as is conventional medicine. It's my belief that we need a hybrid. We need our system to support both kinds because really the root of it all is we all want patients to feel better. We want to unravel things that might be blocking their way, whether these things are toxic thoughts or people or new behaviors to practice or things in our environment causing inflammation or things internally working with our epigenetics. The problem is functional medicine is quite arduous. There's a lot of layers to investigate. One might argue you're never done. You could always look under more stones. So the astute practitioner knows that delicate balance of when to push, when to pull, how to motivate a patient and also give them hope without overpromising that any human can be perfectly clear and freed from symptoms. We are walking on this earth in a meat skeleton. We are going to have things happen, even if you're eating organically, even if you're practicing your meditation and you're sleeping well. Life happens, cancer happens, sickness and disease happens. And when we try to shame, in the health and wellness sphere, we, we add this guilt and shame onto these messages. It's not very motivating. So if I look back six years ago, when I felt inspired to practice functional medicine and learn how to deliver this inside primary care, I understand why the system was not set up for it then. It takes longer to evaluate a patient. That makes no sense. If I'm talking to my CMO or CFO, of course, they would look at me and say, you're asking us to support that you would see less patients? I mean, the system is toxic. It's broken. We need patients to have access to medicine. So I understand why that was quite scary to offer that we would have a functional medicine department six years ago. Well, times have changed. That's the exciting part of a pandemic. It has shown how important it is to have really astute and optimized physiology and low levels of inflammation. And we've talked about herbs, supplements, and vitamins in a new lens. Functional medicine has been able to show improvement in long haul COVID. And functional medicine is showing that, yes, you can make a difference with lifestyle, nutrition, and strategic use of prescriptive vitamin and nutraceutical therapy. So now let's pretend, take a magic wand, and you're going to walk with me in this episode back six years 
when I decided to move out of primary care and into a private functional medicine practice, what would I have done differently if I could have permission to start using functional principles in primary care? So get a pen and paper because this is really actionable tips you can use. These are seeds that you can plant if you're a new practitioner, brand new to functional medicine. Maybe you've studied with the Institute for Functional Medicine, or you've taken an A4M course or School of Applied Functional Medicine. All of these are fantastic ways to learn more about functional medicine, which really is a biochemical root cause of disease and illness, taking into account a person's genetic and life circumstances, environment, mindset, nutrition, all of these things come together to weave a colorful tapestry of overall health or disease. Typically, a functional visit is anywhere from 60 to 120 minutes. It's a long time. Follow-ups, I can't do them any shorter than 30 minutes. So looking back six years as a family practitioner, when my visits were 15 minutes, that is impossible. So that brings us to step one of the three steps on how you can start using functional medicine in primary care. Step one, select. And what I mean by that is select a patient type that you want to work with. I know if you just attended IFM's five-day boot camp where they introduce you to all these high-level functional principles, you're going to get excited like I did. And you're going to want to be this zealot, excited to bring functional medicine to your patients. But I'd like to encourage you to press on the brake a little bit, slow down, because it's not right for everybody. Not everybody's ready for functional medicine. Functional medicine is not able to be delivered in the regular conventional model for this reason. It is not something that you simply just tell a patient to take a pill and expect that they will comply and do the thing. Functional medicine is a partnership. You need to select the patient type that is ready to do the hard work. It's a 50-50 partnership. And when you select the right patient who's ready, change happens so effortlessly. They're eager to learn. They're eager to try. They're eager to change. And so for that reason, it makes no sense really wasting your energy and expertise trying to drag patients through change that just aren't seeking it out and not ready to make some of those hard choices that can reap massive benefits. It doesn't matter how much you try to convince them. If they're not ready and they may not see that their health is problematic, then it's best you save your energy for those that are ready. So what I would do if I was a family practice doctor in primary care, wanting to do functional medicine, I would select a patient type I enjoy working with that is ready for change. For example, like postpartum moms that had gestational diabetes, I would get really specific. That allows myself and the front desk to find those patients easily. I would then select two functional tests. I would select only two, two that I would learn really well. I'm not saying those would be the only two that I would ever use, but when you're learning functional medicine, trying to unroll this to the masses, you can't be an expert in everything. 
And you can't have this imposter syndrome thinking, well, if I don't do my due diligence and look under every stone with every patient, then I'm not practicing functional medicine. That's not true. You're practicing functional medicine anytime that you are daring to look deeper than what insurance allows and what the dogma says. Because yes, medications and prescriptions can be life-saving for patients, but often patients want something in an alternative way. They want to do things that feel more natural. So if you can get a glimpse into other ways that they can understand their physiology, great. And if you can't choose two functional tests that you love, what about one? Just start studying them. My first two were the organic acids tests and food sensitivity. Then I moved on to Dutch. Then I moved on to mycotox. And then you can keep learning, but your brain can't handle everything all at once. It becomes oversaturated. So pick two functional tests that you would love to start learning and you're going to start streamlining. We're still in step one of select. So I would then select, how am I going to measure my outcome for success? We need outcomes. I understand I press gainy and all the other metrics that you're judged against in primary care, you know, with percentage of tetanus shots or mammogram compliance. But what we're doing here is a metric that a patient can measure. Patients can measure their symptoms. They know if they're feeling better. I like to narrate that for them, asking, how would you know that you're feeling better? What would be the first sign? But really, it helps to quantify it because that is the the exact equation that our CFOs and CMOs are looking for is, can you quantify this success? And can that translate into cost savings and diminished ER visits and less need for medications, which also means more room on your schedule for other patients? When you help those with chronic disease or symptoms, helping them feel better, that's only a win-win situation for everybody. So you can choose, for example, MSQ score, Medical Symptoms Questionnaire. That's a numerical rating of our review of systems. And it's awesome to see patients' numbers go down. So simply selecting your outcome that you will ask patients to rate as they journey through health. Maybe MSQ, maybe Promise Score, something relative to their internal feelings and their perceived success. Finally, the selection is the ICD-10 codes. I would communicate this to the front desk and start to increase their awareness that I'm beginning to offer functional medicine services to a select number of patient qualifying types. Then I would devise a little handout just for that front desk to give to those patient types, explaining at a high level what functional medicine is, what I could offer, how this is different, and how this may help them avoid needing to use the doctor so much because they have confidence in trusting their own body with answers. One of the main problems in functional medicine is overwhelm, but the future is visual. If you're a holistic or integrative practitioner looking to streamline your steps and build your own creative practice, let me make it easy for you. I have a mini mentorship that can be delivered to your inbox every month. Check out the premium subscription box delivery service. Subscribers get deliveries of digital goods right to their inbox. Your first welcome box includes immediate access to over 64 editable functional medicine infographics. 
You can add your logo, you can change the text, translate it to other languages, and you can use it in your patient handouts, in social media, in your PowerPoint presentations. You also get a complimentary mentoring session with me and a free copy of Right Brain Rescue. Now, each monthly box will contain a new infographic release, vaulted masterclasses from inside my Catalyst Studio mentorship, and hand-selected SOPs, templates, and other tools that you can apply immediately in your clinic. There's no contract, cancel anytime. It's like a mini mentorship delivered right to your inbox. Everyone deserves to paint their own work-life masterpiece. And now we can color outside the lines together. Head to drlarasalier.com forward slash shop. So we've covered step one of how I would unroll functional medicine in primary care. Now here's step two. Step two is streamline. And what I would do is first streamline myself using efficiency apps that make my work life easier. For example, I would start learning Loom video where I can screen share and I'm able to explain labs and interpret those tests even outside the visit. I would send this ahead of their follow-up visit so they didn't have questions on what is going on, but more, hey, I'm ready to get started. What can I do next? This makes patients feel seen and heard when you review their labs on a screen and it can take two minutes. They feel like a rock star because there is that validation. You just explained why they've had brain fog or fatigue and you've excited them to pay more attention in their follow-up visit as you go through the next strategic steps to get them feeling better. I would also use apps like Trello or text expanders Google Forms, all of these have a great place in streamlining my own efficiency. As thoughts come out and you hear patients have questions and there's common threads of concerns or opportunities to educate more, I would keep those on a list in Trello. And I would make a vow that I would explain those once so I can educate many. That might be a future topic for a group visit. I would become this uh, efficiency expert looking for more ways to decrease my effort and help increase patient health. I'd also streamline my visit templates, right? We all know how to do that. There's dot phrases, quick text. There's all these different words for the same thing is making sure that 80% of my work is replicatable. The foundation of my method starts and begins and ends so similarly that I just need to fill in the blanks. So I'd be a dutiful master of these templates and make sure I'm curating templates that continue to work for me. And I only am responsible for 20% of that input. Because again, we get overwhelmed when we're studying functional medicine. We hear all these opportunities and ways that people can get healthier and all the ways that our earth is making us sicker. So we almost feel like if our visit is too simple, we need to go back and add more detail. And I think that's actually a disservice. We don't need to work harder than the patient. And we also don't need to clarify every single opportunity for better health. The bare minimum three to five bullet points that they can start working on is more than enough. I'd also streamline my educational material so I could find it easier. I'd pick five handouts, just five. I would have them in my exam room, 20 copies each. And it would be so easy for me to just pull those out and give them to the patient. I would start storing my videos in a Google Drive folder or Dropbox or whatever. 
and connect them to a QR code. So if the front desk does identify a patient that might be interested, they scan the QR code on that flyer and then they get an introductory video that says, this is what functional medicine is. And here are ways that I've learned in patients just like you suffering from, for example, postpartum moms having gestational diabetes, I've been able to help improve their sugar, their well-being, improve their mood and sleep. Here's how. And they can scan that QR code and get a little video. So their interest is really peaked. Making sure you streamline your educational material is key because if you know you have it somewhere, but you can't find it, that's just going to cause more burnout. Your brain is going to feel exhausted. And then it's a snowball of feeling like these visits are just too cumbersome to deliver. And finally, under the streamline category, I would find myself repurposing, right? Anytime I say something twice, that would be an immediate flag in my brain that I need to repurpose this and make it a consistent message. I would be streamlining this by keeping a list either on my Trello app or maybe even written list at my desk that if I have common questions that pop up, that's an opportunity to set expectations appropriately and streamline the next process. I might even video my reply or make another templated dot phrase. But the key is most of my work should be 80% foundational. This brings us to the last step, which is step three, strategize. Strategy is important. Like we said at the beginning, when you're selecting patients, you need to already be strategizing. Are they the right fit? You may consider drafting a list of qualifiers and disqualifiers and it helps patients self-select, right? For example, are they willing to attend a group visit? Because group visits are a wonderful way to have the one-to-many approach where you can educate a similar cohort of patients on similar milestones. And are they able to get babysitters to do that? Are they able to find transportation? Um, Do they have a supportive family or partner or friends? Or do they perhaps not? And they're working in a place that has only cheese curds and beer for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And they would have a hard time finding support in making dietary and lifestyle changes. Strategizing that right patient fit takes some time, but it gets easier because the more that people are interested and you find patients that ended up kind of slipping through the cracks and maybe they weren't the right fit, that won't happen again. You just keep that list And that disqualifier and qualifying list grows because you learn. Inviting them with easy tech ways like scanning a QR code if you want to learn more. As the front desk can hand that flyer, they can scan that QR code and it can lead to a Google form that they can apply for your special functional medicine services. Imagine that. Creating this exclusive club for only those patients that are really interested in holistic and sustainable approaches to treating their condition. They can apply leaving their name, their email, the reasons why they think it works for them. We did a whole episode on discovery calls and the types of questions that you can have in there. And that's more for entrepreneur land. You know, we do a lot of discovery calls making sure we're inviting patients that are ready for functional medicine. In primary care, that doesn't work. You don't have time for discovery calls. So you could outsource this Google form to another staff member. They could quickly go through it and determine 
based on your list or do they qualify or not? And they can simply email them the next appointment slot for your group visit or your next intake. Under strategize, I also recommend a group visit. That's what I would have done. If I could go back six years in primary care, I would have I would have approached my administrators differently. I would have said, hey, I'm very excited about functional medicine, but it's not for everybody. So here's my ideas. Here is my curriculum spanned out in four monthly visits, each of them billed at a 99214. With these 99214s, all I would need is one medical assistant. We would meet once a month in a group, no more than 12 between seven and 12 patients. And we would bill 99214. The MA would take each patient singly out of the room separately to do vital signs. But we would be in the room for at least an hour talking about several different curriculum milestones. And the curriculum would start with basic gut healing. We would then talk about how we impact our energy levels with cortisol and stress mismanagement. We would bring in nutrition and lifestyle changes. I would demonstrate based on pre and post testing an improved MSQ score, improved awareness of nutrition and lifestyle habits. And we'd be able to set appropriate expectations. So patients knew that they could feel better without needing a prescription or more of our conventional medicine. When I strategize, I would have said that I need to make sure I fortify my boundaries and my communication habits. And I would explain to patients that this is unique and different. It's exciting that they are on the ground level of something never offered before in this county in Wisconsin, that they are part of the innovation of healthcare. I would invite feedback, explaining to them that I appreciate both good and bad because it helps me shape this program for the next patient group. And it might take a while because, you know, old habits, they're hardwired in there. Our brain is very efficient at those neural circuitries of old habits. So I know, and I would anticipate that patients would use the portal and ask a question as they do. We deserve to have questions asked. We also deserve answers. But I remember as a doctor, it's impossible to even get on top of the volume of inbox messages we get. So I would anticipate that. I'd know that they would do it, even when I told them that all your questions will be answered in our group visits. So I'd be ready. I would say, we are going to address all of these together on this day. I would give them the culture of education by saying, that this is new. It's, it's really different. You're not going to need a one-on-one visit with me for every single question, but rather we're going to address them in a group. So I'd create a dot phrase that I would allow my nurse or myself to reply automatically if they have a question and they're part of this elite functional medicine trial group. This helps me see how many times this happens. Is this going to be a problem And if it is, how can I draft better expectations the next time around of what qualifies or disqualifies for being interrupted? The idea is not more work for the doctor, but also less, more efficient, and more sustainable health for the patient. When I capture these testimonials and feedback, it's not going to wait until the end of the four months. What I would suggest to my administration is I would say, I would like to have feedback 
just relentlessly invited every week, feedback over every group visit. Ideally, a group visit happens once a month, but I would also allow opportunity for a one-on-one visit so that they can maximize their own personal journey. And by inviting feedback, creating this psychologically safe area where they can feel free to learn more and also shape the curriculum and the program, it can only get better as each community is allowed to generate their own offerings. So to recap what I would do in primary care, select, streamline, and strategize. Spending time thinking about these and approaching an administrator with your ideas of a curriculum that depend on group visits for the main delivery of education and support can enhance your practice. You can allow more patients to be served in a group, and you can still allow the one-off meetings with a patient for single appointments. If you measure outcomes, you select the right patient type, you streamline your processes, this is how the transformation of healthcare happens. And this is how I see functional medicine appearing in primary care as we move forward in the future. So thank you for listening. This is a topic passionate for me as I talk and speak across the world on making functional medicine more accessible to patients and also anti-burnout for practitioners. This is necessary so we don't lose healthcare providers as we have been. Until next time, keep coloring outside the lines. Thank you for listening and subscribing. If you are interested in cultivating flow, it takes practice. I've developed a three-step system that you can learn in my Catalyst Flow-Infused Time Management Guide. This free downloadable guide will help you anchor, highlight, and activate flow channeling methods so you can bend time and find more joy in your day. You can find them at drlaurasalier.com forward slash links.